alive. Again. Times two. Yeah. Do you see my mic control there? I knew I was going to get louder, so I pulled my mic away. God. Me God. too. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> I did that wrong. Sorry. I just blasted your ears, Mad Libs community. I'm That's so why they sorry. call me. I'm like the Ariana Grande of podcast microphone control. <laughs> Speaking of Grande, did you hear what she said about Pete Davidson? Yeah, dude, it was mean. Are you talking about the old thing that he made the joke about? Yeah, that is his. He was Grande. Oh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, yeah. So he did a stand up. It was actually really oh, funny. like his penis. Yeah. Oh, I was like, because he's not a he's not like fat. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Yeah, no, no, no. She was like complimenting him. It was great stand up, and and I highly recommend his whole stand up was actually pretty good, and it and it made me a, a Pete Davidson fan. Like I, I liked his work on SNL. I was a little miffed at, or not miffed, but dumbfounded at like, okay, so he dated Ariana Grande, then Kim Kardashian, and then I think it was yeah. like, uh, what was her name? Kate Beckinsale he dated. Oh, good job. And then uh, Emily Radic- and something Radzikowski, like some famous Victoria's Secret model, and I'm yeah. like, what is going on with this guy? But Ariana Grande, he made it a joke where he's like, yeah, Ariana Grande like yeah. complimented how big he was. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not. So now every woman forever is going to be disappointed. Ooh, it was well, a mastermind of a game. Well played. Yeah, Ariana Grande, master manipulator. Speaking of manipulators, <laughs> have you heard this conspiracy theory about the NFL? Oh, my gosh. So I have only because you just told me. Okay. <laughs> You ruined it. You ruined my segue. Sorry. You made it seem like we, this is not planned. Um, no, it's not. So the the Mad Libs community is probably going to be listening to this after the Super Bowl Sunday, right? Because we're going to release the one we did earlier. Yeah. Uh, probably tomorrow or Thursday, like normal, and then we're yeah. we're probably not going to be able to record. So we'll shoot this out on Monday. Mm-hmm. I already know the score. 37-34. Nice. So I hope all of you enjoyed watching the Eagles win 37-34. Um, to 34. And, uh, yeah. The reason being is, like, supposedly, allegedly, there is a script to the NFL. Sick. It's a big conspiracy. Love it. That they know the outcome of the games. And they're talking about all these different penalties that are being missed and how it's like... You know, shifting the dynamics of the, you know, because there's so much involvement with the books nowadays. Essentially, all of sports have have really embraced sports gambling as more of an entertainment than just like a bunch of degenerates. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at Wrigley Field, they're going to they're building the DraftKings part. So there's going to be an online or a, a live book at the stadium. Cool. Which I think is really cool. Unless it is true that this is all rigged, because that would be really bad. But yeah, so you're listening to us now on Monday. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the game, 37-34. Yeah. Play- oh, shit. I'm placing my bet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I might place like an exact score thing, because like there's huge payouts if you guess the exact score. Yeah, because even if you throw, what, you throw $10 down, you, you can probably make- win at like 700 bucks. Dude, I'll put down a hundo on it. But I think now that the script is already out there, they have to change the script so you don't know that there's an actual script. Mm. The old, the, uh, what are they? Oh, shut The bait and switch, oh, baby. The Kansas shuffle. 
Lucky Number Eleven. You ever seen it? Yeah, with uh, Josh Hartnett and yeah, Morgan Bruce, Freeman. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember it's that. It's where part. they look left and you go right. Yeah. And then there's the song at the end that's super catchy. That's like one of your top five favorites. Oh, easily. It's it's certainly in your top (laughs) seven. Thank you. You done well there, kid. Thank you. Um, Also, before we get into today's top stories, um, I do want to say that I need to correct something. Yeah, you do. I was wrong. You were so, so wrong. I know. I know. It's actually, it's not hard for me to say I'm wrong quite often. Um, (laughs) But you're a married man. I mean, yeah, shit. Sorry, honey. You're right about this one, too. <laughs> Wait, she didn't catch this, did she? What? Did she catch this fact? No. Oh, okay. No, I meant about being wrong. Oh, gotcha. She was right. <laughs> um, but I had said that 84% of um, George Santos's district wanted a, a new vote. It was 78%. I'm going to I'm going to jump in mm-hmm. and say that a 6% miss there was not statistically significant enough to f- have to acknowledge but I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. you acknowledging that and fact checking yourself. Yeah. We should do a full episode on us fact checking ourselves. That would be bad for me. Yeah. No one would want universal health care anymore. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> we are. You already fact checked yourself once. When the Wuhan thing, lab yeah. leak, and then I used that 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 clip of you saying, "Kevin, you were right." Oh my god! Yeah, you did. I still have it. I literally saved the file as Kevin. You're right. You know, like, I was gonna get a stream deck. Listen, a so what? A stream deck. Oh, for like when we live stream. Yeah. Uh, like an Elgato, because we have the Elgato for the yeah, Mario yeah, Brothers. Yeah. We need to do a live stream. If, if you would be interested in watching us play Mario Brothers and interact with the stream again, yeah, make sure you message us, because I, w- I think that would be fun. I, if we always get like, you know, 10 to 15 people randomly hopping in, in and out, and like asking questions or whatever. Yeah. Those are always <clears> fun. <throat> if you'd like it, let us know. Our but, first hot ones, we had like 75 people watching at one time. Yeah, that was miserable. I got so tanked. Yeah, yeah, you did. I got so tanked. It wasn't. It was like <clears throat> I feel like the wings the second time were way spicier. Yeah, um, well, because I could feel them. Yeah, inside of me. Um, inside of you. Well done. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it was still more comfortable because like doing it inside of a house. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, it was way more comfortable for me the second time because I didn't do 14-ish shots of Fireball and half a gallon of milk. Yeah, I think you, you're you underestimating the milk size there. I think you probably drank three-quarters of it and Vince drank the other bit. Yeah. Yeah, I poured him like a glass and I just chugged the rest. <laughs> like, aren't you, like, isn't it hard to just chug a gallon of milk? Like, don't you automatically throw that up? Yeah. Yeah, we had a small little girl on the cross-country team in high school that swore that she could do it, and she ended up vomiting. Not even a full tank, a gallon in. I thought they like even did that on Jackass. Yeah, and it's, I think you can't do it in an hour. <sighs> Chugging milk. Chugging milk. That is not a thing. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So it's I'm, I I thought it was like yeah, the gallon of milk challenge. You had to drink it 60 minutes without vomiting. I wouldn't want to. If it was chocolate milk, I could do it. <laughs> I love me some chalky milk, man. Dude, you and Jacob would get along on that. Oh, dude. Jakey loves chalky chalky milk. <sighs> chalky chalky milk. You put like chocolate syrup in the chocolate milk? No, no, no. We did experiment with strawberry syrup and chocolate milk, though. That does not sound good to me. I think. Well, we thought it'd be like chocolate covered strawberries. And no, no, it's not terrible, but it's not good. Yeah, I, I doubt it. But like, listen, listen, I will drink a pop like, you know, Mr. Pip. It's not Dr. Pepper, but it's Mr. Pip like or, you know, cherry Coke. It's fine. Yeah. It's Is it what I want? No, I want an RC, which I had tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to my wife for getting the RCs for us. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Um, oh, Anna got them? Yeah, she got you them. You did not tell me that. I would have like... No, yeah, she got them Thanked first. her. Yeah. Well, I, told, I told her, I was like, I was like, honey, I need to go out today because I got to get RCs for Brian and I. And um, she goes, I'll pick them up. What a gal. Thanks, Anna. You made my day on Sunday. And tonight. And tonight. And, and probably for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So... <laughs> I love how sometimes you just look at me and yeah. Anyways. <laughs> you want to talk about something real shitty, Brian? I got a question for you, actually. Oh, okay. Super serious question. Okay. Um, when you're growing up. Yes. Okay. Or um, if you move here. Make them, you know, imagine like. Thank you for giving me the credit that I'm not so old that I'm still growing up. Yeah, you're growing up. When you're growing up. Yeah, as you're growing up currently. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm still waiting for that growth spurt. Uh, I heard 36 years old is when the last one happened. So I, fuck I got, me. You I said that. You said that on purpose. You fucker. No, I was saying that because I, I I change it by a year every year older I get. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you just chose the last year I turned. So, so yeah. Shut up. <laughs> like, oh, I'm 37 now. Oh, great. I missed out on that Mother last year. I actually had a little bit of a growth spurt. And 20, what was it? The COVID period, I had a growth spurt, but it was an outward growth spurt and an upward. But those are good too. Still counts, still numbers. What is the OAR quote? And though I feel it's harder for a man to grow out than grow up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. But so, okay. You're a young child, Brian. And somebody asks you, what is the American dream? You would probably say something along the lines of get rich or die trying, correct? <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously I'm being somewhat facetious and that's somewhat somewhat vague, but I would venture to guess like something along the lines of um, finding the right girl, getting married, and getting a house with a white picket fence. Yes. Okay. Or, or, or no. I mean, you don't no, have to. Have I, I think I think home ownership is the American dream. Okay. Well, I stumbled upon something. Okay. Um, that I've heard little snippets up here and here and there over the years, and um, according to people like, uh, is it Grant Cordone? Oh yeah, the ten X guy. I don't like that guy. No. Okay. He, he's he's been exposed recently for something. I'm sure, just like Liver King. Um. But the Grant Cardones 
and the Wall Street uh, bigwigs have told us that we are silly for wanting to buy a home and that um, our preferred lifestyle choice should be renting. Why? Well, I'll tell you why, Brian. All that coming up next after this word from our sponsors. I'm just kidding. But I'll throw that in just in case somebody wants to Wells sponsor. Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Wells Fargo. Well, that's what that's what that We'll that, open as many accounts as you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they're changing their business strategy. Wells yeah. Fargo. What's that? Um so they're they're going to be backing off their cash cow of mortgages. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Wells Fargo, I and I I did not personally. I knew that they did a lot of mortgages, but you know they're not or they are the number one mortgage provider. I didn't know that. So I was looking at numbers from 2016 and I'm going to I should have written this down, but it's fine. I was but it was basically more We can than, always fact check it later. Well, yeah. <laughs> they were more than double who who the person who gave out second, which is JP Morgan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were like $105 billion in uh, loans in 2000. This is in 2016. Okay. Um, so eight years after the mortgage crisis. Correct. And actually, and since 2006 or 2007, the number of mortgages going out has decreased every year, like clockwork, until 2016. Okay. Um, which was the, the year Ben was born. Fun fact. Hmm. That's the year we bought our house. No shit, dude. 2016? No shit. Yeah, we bought a house with a, good a year front, yard, front yard uh, with Ivy. Yeah, and you lost your job. <laughs> <laughs> you told me. I d- I d- later that school year, so I lost oh, my yeah, job yeah. in 2017. Yeah. But I bought in October of 2016, so a yard of full of Ivy the year that the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. So now this we is... want to get rid of the Ivy. <laughs> Just but like not the Cubs. Of, I want to get rid of the Ricketts. Well, yeah, dude. Just like I want to get rid of the McCaskies. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. Um, <laughs> so um, I came upon this, started doing some research. I actually found some really good videos. Um, the Wall Street Journal um, has done quite a few interviews about this. Um, and I was also kind of almost made what I'm considering like a propaganda video. Really? Uh, where they have a young, younger gentleman of color. Okay. Uh, sitting at his desk talking about um, how oh gosh and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this but I, maybe maybe I'll find the, the clip and I'll put it up on, on our Facebook but he's basically saying that like um, oh you know the way of the future is renting um, people are way happier uh, about renting they want to rent they don't want to own homes anymore and then he pulled out a fucking Tupac quote about stacking ones what? It's, it's stacking ones, something, something, something. Put that in a mutual fund or something like that. Um, you're the Tupac guy. You should have known that. I, I prefer Tupac. I'm not a Tupac guy. I, I don't know <laughs> shit about hip hop, relatively speaking. Even relative to this podcast, I know shit. Yeah, but so they're trying to sell this idea um, that there, 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 there's fewer benefits to buying a house and renting is just the way to go and they're not alone either so bloomberg has posted a bunch of stuff about this as well um bloomberg has an article that is entitled america should america should become a nation of renters that's the article that i had seen in the past 
um, Business Insider article, millennials are not buying homes, and it might not be because they can't afford it. Some actually prefer to rent. Now, um, you can obviously go look these up. Also, yeah, please. and this bugged me because yeah, I yeah. actually value the Atlantic a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading this uh, January 26, 2023. So a couple weeks back, and this is why it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Meet the latest housing crisis scapegoat. Hedge funds and private equity may be easy, but it's dead wrong. And so we're going to get into this. So let me finish my little model. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I like you. you I know. Not. I like what you're doing. We're like Sims all of a sudden. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and so here's another article too. So this and this is all getting to a point here. I'm not just going to list off articles like Brian lists off examples. Um, <laughs> listen to our last podcast and you'll understand. <laughs> so CNBC mm-hmm. has an article. It's self-made millionaire. Don't buy a home unless you can afford to waste money. So, actually, and I won't read it. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. But basically, it, this is written by a self-made millionaire. Um, and he made his millions. He, um, this is, he, he lived in, I think it's uh, the Los Angeles area. Yep, Los Angeles area. Bought a home in 2003. So he had, a, he had just had his first child. He was married, buys this house. And then he says, I wasn't seeing a return on my money or time I put into my house. So I sold it and used it or used the equity to purchase a few rental properties. And then the family became or our family became renters. He goes on to say that he now owns three homes, a permanent residence, and then two that he rents out. So he's trying to tell you that, oh, well, no, 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 there's no, there's zero benefit to, to, to owning a home whatsoever. So over the past, well, we'll give it, probably last probably the last five years this has been like a common thing mm-hmm. and there's been you know other things that have come up too they talk about you know um jp morgan chase um basically going in with um haven realty um and wanting to buy up a billion dollars in new single family homes yep. for rentals yep. and, and you know on and on and on not just that they are trying to build full communities yeah of renters yep. single family rent like homes, yeah, which is outrageous. Now, side note, because you were just about to bring up that article there too, that talks about um, oh no, it's, it's just a scapegoat. And I do have to say, because I like to kind of put things in check for myself, as of right now, these big hedge fund companies and and J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo, yeah. they only own about three percent of the houses in the U.S. Okay. Okay, so that's that that's that that's that's fair to Is be it, noted. Okay, um, that number could have gone up since I got that statistic. Who knows? Um, but it, something to factor in there is where they own them all. Are they spread out? Because I mean, if it's spread out across the U.S., it's like well, they're not going to really have a monopoly on on housing. Um, but like the Atlanta area is huge for this. Really? Yes. Um, so they're buying it up in these areas. Um, in large chunks, so it's like it's not like it's all across the U.S. It's in these, in these large metropolitan areas. Okay. Um. So I mean, it's something that should really be thought about. The name of that article too, just so you guys know, you can you guys can look this one up as well. Um. 
but the, it's a Business Insider article, and it's entitled, J.P. Morgan is about to spend $1 billion, billion with a B, on hundreds of rental homes across the U.S. on the way to becoming a mega landlord. Scary thought, Brian. So... Because here's, here's, here's what I think the whole con is. They're going to tell all of us uh, regular American folks, us people that are not in the 1%, that buying a home is a bad investment. Well, behind our backs, they're just going to buy up those same homes and rent them to us. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have been keeping up on what the rental market is right now, but it is not cheaper and it's not getting any cheaper. The price of rent is absolutely ridiculous. Just in preparation for this episode, I was doing some looking around in this area. So you know the little lofts that are over by um, DC Cobbs? Yeah. So single bedroom, one of them. Single bedroom, single bath. Going for twenty four hundred dollars a month, and I, and I'm it's, sure it's nice. I'm sure it's they're swanky. like quote unquote luxury, yeah. you know, apartments well, or whatever. And, and, and that's what's funny that you should, it's funny you should say that too because a lot of these advertisements I saw one on uh, it was from MSNBC, yeah, and they were putting it out there. They were showing these like you know little drone shots of these these uh, you know rental homes in this giant neighborhood. And it's like oh my gosh, it's basically got like four-star resort amenities. It's got a pool. It's got a workout room and even little doggy doors. That's a direct fucking quote. <laughs> so it's it, it's completely fucked up. And so the, the funny thing about this too is, and I, I made sure to uh, grab this little graph here from, uh, this is from Pew Research. And what it's looking at here, Brian, is income quartile, this is from 2019. Net worth percentile. So in the little beige color there, that's going to be percentage of these people that own homes. Yeah. Percentage that rent or other. So if you're noticing here, people in the, you know, 0 to 24.9% uh, quartile. Yeah, the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 39.4 of them own or 39.4% own, 60.6% rent. We're just going to skip through the others here. Go on to the 75th to 100th uh, quarter. 89.5 of them own homes, and 10.5% of them do not. So, so you're saying that, okay, these rich people are super fucking stupid and buying up homes when it's obviously a bad investment? You're going to tell me that Bill Gates is a bad investor when he owns more real estate than any person in America? And I know that you're enjoying me saying this right now because yes. this is right up your fucking alley, yes, which is why I fact-checked yes. myself. Not fact-checked myself, but I put things into perspective. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. three-quarters of the way through, but whatever. I still fucking did it. Yeah. It's just, it is absolutely astonishing to me. As a person that, like, I wanted nothing more than to own my own home. And I know that, like, the only way that I can set my kids up for success, you know what I mean, and having a chance of going up one, you know, step on the uh, socioeconomic ladder yep. is by owning my home, by paying my home off yep. and leaving it to them. There's two ways to take the most likely route to financial success in America is a degree or a sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I love how you like if you would have seen Kevin, he waited for me to say the first one and then paused and gave me space just before I said the second thing, which was gonna be own a home. <laughs> and he said sex tape. I was close. Um there is validity to, you know, uh, creating artistic sexual materials for yeah. distribution. The whole that... comeback story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this there... this episode is getting marked explicit. <laughs> <laughs> so with with the the home market, right? It is the one of the quickest way to build quickest ways to build wealth in America. And I, I follow this woman on TikTok. I think her name is Glenda Baker, a Southern lady that works in real estate in the Atlanta area, surprisingly. And she was talking about if you want to save, like, if you want to give your child a gift, put money away, buy a home, rent it out until they are 18 to 21. Or like you say, hey, when you graduate college, you can have this home. Rent it out until then and give them that home when they are 21 and they have amassed wealth because the home will be basically paid off if you've been paying it for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. But it will be very unlikely that my daughter at the age of 22, 23 will be able to afford a house and might not at 30 because the housing market could be controlled. And like you said, institutional investors, massive hedge fund, private equity firms, asset management groups, and we're talking the heavy hitters. We're talking about the big banks, like you said, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, you know, Bank of America, and then you have the heavy hitters in asset management like BlackRock and um, Blackstone, or not Blackstone. Um, uh, what was the one I was looking at? Uh, BlackRock is one of the biggest ones. Um, BlackRock, Blackstone, and Starwood. Uh, have made massive investments in in this this field, whereas in 2011 there was almost no institutional investing in this. In fact, we had the two the fallout of 2008, mm-hmm. and these large banks that had these mortgages and they get foreclosed on it. Now they own it. They were trying to dump these off the books, and then they realized they could just get a property management group to come in to come in and run it and then scoop the money up off after and then they realized over time so from 2011 to 2023 we'll say 2022 they've bought up three percent of all homes in america and i think there's um how many homes let me see here i, I just saw it in this article Hey Siri, how many homes are there in the United States? More 80, than, there are more 86 than... single, 86 million single family homes in the United States. The institutional holdings, it was estimated by 2017, and this is before the coronavirus pandemic where mm-hmm. institutional investing got even more aggressive. They held $33 billion worth of real estate. Shit, and that it was 2017. We saw this massive ramp up mm-hmm. with these institutional investors, and that you know, the Atlantic article said, "Don't blame them; they're not the only ones running up." You know these these incredible home prices. You know there are other instances like certainly 
you know, the pandemic had supply chain issues, so construction obviously slowed down, demand was down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just the same. There was this ramp up and it's continuing to build and it's going to become more and more difficult. And, you know, those, you know, people you were citing earlier, the Grant Cardones and all these, you know, oh, here's how you amass wealth. Don't buy rent and use that money. So the don't buy but rent thing is different. Like they're saying if you have, let's say, $25,000 to put down on a house. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're going for 20% down on a $300,000 house. So that's $60,000 you're going to put down on this house. Right. That $60,000 had you invested during this bull run, this epic bull run of the last 15 years uh, in the stock market would have done far more value than the equity you have would have grown in the home, which is true. But that's not, you know, accounting for when the stock market tanks and all these other things, right? So there's some truth to that. But that's also saying, like, you have $60,000 to just throw into the stock market and risk. Like, the home is one of the safest bets, right? It is a very safe bet that over 20 years, your money will grow. It might not grow at the rapid rate that it has in the last 5 to 10 years, but it will grow. Well, even the home prices now have dipped back down. Yeah. I don't have you have you redfinned your house recently? Yeah, I still like it. I, still I like mean, I still I, I'm still happy with mine. <laughs> but again, I got really fucking lucky and yeah. bought it off market. Because if I would have paid for this house on market, I would have I probably I would have paid another fifty thousand dollars for it. Easy. I'll say this: our particular suburb is growing in demand. It's yeah, which is great to see. But, oh yeah, you know it's troublesome because I'm like, I would like to move into a slightly bigger home, mm-hmm. but I'd like to stay in this area. And I'm like, but the home values. I'm like, oh man, I could sell my house for so much. And then I'm like, but then I'm gonna buy an inflated house too, here nor there. I tell you what, I'll put an addition on my house. Where you guys can sell this in the meantime. You live at my dude. My you build addition. that chicken coop, and I'll live in it. Dude, you're gonna help me. I'm gonna lay so many eggs. I talked to my dad about this. Side note, big time side note. Yeah, uh, just for a little bit of levity. Brian and I are going to do some building together, as I've mentioned before. But I called my dad and I was like, hey, you know, uh, I was just thinking I want to build a chicken coop in my backyard. He's like, okay. He goes, I go, can you help me? He goes, yeah, of course. I was like, I just need, you know, I need to learn how to build something. And he goes, yeah, of course. I said, can Brian come? And he goes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring the SoCo. (laughs) Dude, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, Not for the chicken coop. (laughs) It's a great idea for me. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so if we're going back, you know, this is a troublesome thing. And also, to go back to what those, you know, investment gurus are talking about is you can rent for cheap, but that's not the case anymore. Because of the housing shortage and how expensive homes got, there were a lot of people that were looking to buy at that period that were no longer able to. I heard so many horror stories, whether they're from work colleagues or on TikTok or whatever, that they were trying to buy a home and they locked in a price, but by the time they were going to complete the sale, either the interest rate had gone up. Yeah. And then, you know, they lose out on that home and now they're trying to find another home and the amount of money they can get is a lot less, but the prices were going up. So you had a lot of people that were trying to buy homes that no longer could 
So they were trying to rent. The The rental market heated up. Like you said, $2,400, even if it's a luxury apartment, it's not a luxury apartment in the Gold Coast downtown. Right. It's in, it's in fucking West Dundee or East Dundee. Mm-hmm. And you're paying 2400 for a one-bedroom, one-bath. There's the ones over by Randall Oaks. Those are really, I mean, they look beautiful. Yeah. But they're expensive. And to rent that, the the bad, the the shitty thing about renting is you're not building any wealth from it, right? The idea of building equity, you're paying into something that value one day you can sell. Even if you don't make a dollar in 25 years when you sell that house, that house will have had, if you if I sold my house for the exact value in 20 more years, I will have basically paid that house off. All that money comes back to me. I have this lump sum that I can now apply elsewhere. Right. That's if a really I'm, good way of thinking of it. Like, even if I don't make this huge money and all that, it's at least the same as putting it in a savings account, right? Yeah. I'm putting it in a savings account. And savings then eventually account that you can't I touch can, for 30 years. Right. And like, yes, it, it basically is a savings account if it doesn't collect any interest, right? Because savings accounts rarely do. Which pisses me off. How does the interest rate go up on all these banks for their mortgages and all that, but your savings account interest didn't go up at all? Like, I understand it. It, it it's not going to be the interest rate is 7%. I'm, I understand that the savings account interest rate shouldn't be but 7%. They're making, but they're but making it should have been 3 They're making 7% more or more on your money while it sits in your account. Right. And so, but my frustrating point though is the frustrating point for me is the savings interest should be three percent right mm. that way they're making four percent right they're taking your money and making seven percent on it and they're paying you three percent so they're making that difference of four percent and as you do this in massive volumes that's how you make massive amounts of money but the frustrating part for me is like the savings interest is still like 0.1 percent yeah it's fucking bullshit. Now we get a little bit we get a little bit more because of Anna's profession. Yeah. So that like, makes sense. You know that's what I mean? Good. That's a really cool perk. Yeah, but I, again, it's not much. No. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not gonna put you ahead. Right. The same way building you know, putting equity into the house and receiving that benefit. And usually your house does go up over twenty years. Whether it's five percent over the twenty years or doubles in value, whatever the case is. That's all value that you can extract long term, whereas rental, you don't. Now, home buying, the washer goes out, the furnace mm-hmm. goes out, the air conditioning goes out. You have to somehow build a baseboard under your sink. That's all on you. When you rent, assuming you have a halfway decent landlord, those things need to be taken care of by the landlord and you don't have to fork over any of that money. So that's the idea. That is one good thing about rental is like, you're not having to take on those those short-term costs that usually pop up a good amount when you're a homeowner, but you don't extract that long-term wealth. And that's the big thing. So the rental market has now also doubled down on the fact that it's not even affordable. Like it used to be you're renting a place, you were basically paying that mortgage, but you didn't have to you know, put all this money up front. So it kind of balanced out over the long term to, to rent for a while. Now people, there's so much demand for the rent. People are making, you know, you pay double their mortgage. Like they're making double their money if they're renting out their house. I looked at, 
uh, my mortgage. If I rented out my house right now, it would I would literally be making double my mortgage. Well, and then you pay your mortgage off faster. You could just put all that money exactly. in your mortgage. You know what I mean? Your mortgage is paid off. Fuck it. And that's that's what these these investment gurus are saying. Like, oh yeah, you buy a house and rent it out, and then you use that money, pour it into the next house, and and so on and so forth. And that is a very good investment strategy. The problem is, it's like, hey, that's great for someone to build some wealth, have five or six homes that you're renting out. That's wonderful. And then you're collecting all that equity on the back end. It's all good. The problem is, is when you start scaling that to 50 homes, 100 homes, 200 homes, $33 billion worth of homes, it becomes detrimental to the society as a whole. Right. Right. It, it forces house prices to go up, rental prices to go up. I've talked about it also in the past. The Trump administration repealed a part of the legislation that protected consumers in the sense that home buying institutional investors usually couldn't even make an offer within the first two weeks of a house listing. So it gave you know young families an opportunity to present their offer. Now, a real estate agent might even have connections to institutional investors and say, hey, I got these five homes. It's a great area. You could come pick it up now for cash and it's bought right then and there. The seller doesn't even know. The seller is like, hey, I'm making $15,000 more than list price. Let's go. Like, yeah. I'm happy. And so that was what was happening in 21 and 22. And so there are efforts being made right now to slow that process down. There was, um, you brought up the house one, so I'll let you talk a little bit about that one. Uh, the Well, the house one, uh, the House of Representatives measure. Um, but there was also... Merkley. I'll let you handle the legislation, Brian. You let it loose, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's the Merkley? That's Turkey. That was from the last episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Got enough tabs open? <laughs> okay. Uh, Senator Merkley of Oregon, Oregon, uh, wanted to basically ban hedge fund ownership of residential housing. So basically you couldn't own more than 100 homes, which is a substantial amount, right? It, even at a hundred homes, that is a substantial amount of income coming in in a great investment. And I think, Hey, one thing that gets lost on these institutional investors a lot of times, like Vanguard and BlackRock, they have these options to get into um, investments for like pension funds, right? Mm -hmm. Retirement funds. And they go to these these institutional investors and say, here's a billion dollars, invest it. And so they go buy this real estate. So, you know, people's pensions are growing, which is good. So, mm -hmm. like, there is some of that. But I think, what was it? When it came to 401ks, it was like 86% of the wealth and 401ks was like by the top 10% of yeah. Americans anyway. So the idea here is let's limit that so there's more access to single families getting in and owning home and building the wealth of the middle and lower socioeconomic classes. 
So the way this legislation would work is after 100 homes, there would be a $20,000 tax on each home over that 100. And so if you had another 100 homes, you'd basically be paying, what, $2, two million or is it $2, yeah, two million-ish dollars in taxes. And so eventually you would be like, yeah, $20,000, I'm not making that on those single-family homes in terms of it, will one home equal $20,000 of profit? Probably not. And even still, if I keep amassing more, it's just going to keep adding in. And so that would discourage people from these hedge funds and private equity firms from amassing too many homes, right? Have your little real estate portfolio because it's important to diversify even at these massive levels. Mm -hmm. Have a hundred homes, that's great, but don't have you know a three per like take on three percent of the entire home market in a matter of ten years, right? It would it would it would bring some of that down, and all of a sudden this housing crunch would no longer be that, right? It would, and the cool thing about this was it allowed time for these hedge funds and private equity firms to unwind. It wasn't like, oh, we're gonna start penalizing you next year. It was right. like over a 10 year process, which I, despite how you know uh, liberal I am and you know I'm not anti-capitalist, but I, I definitely rebel against capitalism. The idea would be, we're not gonna crush your business, right? We want you to unwind appropriately so you don't diminish the value of your assets to a point that's detrimental to your business, mm -hmm. but we want to stop the the growth that you're having in this particular uh, segment of of the American economy because it's penalizing the normal people. I hey I, I agree. Okay, you want to cover uh, the Rokana Porter piece? Yeah, so basically this bill denies certain tax and other benefits for large investors whose assets exceed $100 million in taxable year for investment in single-family housing. Um, it denies such investors a tax deduction for interest paid on single-family home mortgages, for insuring uh, such homes, and for uh, depreciation of the homes as well. Uh, it imposes an excise tax on the sale transfer of a single family home by a large investor equal to the price of such a home. It allows the tax credit uh, for the home sellers equals or equal to lesser than lesser of either the excess reasonable development costs paid for uh, the sale price. 30, okay. 35%. So I, I think that's a really important piece to understanding how home buying that, that often gets lost in how, home buying can create wealth is that there are major tax write-offs in real estate, right? Yeah, your property tax write-off. When you buy the when you buy the house initially, you get a huge tax write-off. Which you get to celebrate this year. Oh enjoy. I'll take you at the dinner, buddy. But the interest write-off is also substantial. Yeah. Substantial. And and you know, the depreciation. So that was like when we talk about the whole gosh, here I go again. The the Trump you know, fraudulent real estate scheme was the asset was listed super high to use as leverage for loans but you could say all oh, the depreciation and all this like you could deflate the value of the home 
and use it as a loss. And then your tax write-offs were huge because of the taxes and the loss of the value. And then all of a sudden the value goes up when you need to have the asset be valued at a higher rate, whatever the case is. So these large private equity firms and, and hedge funds and asset management groups, what they're able to do is buy these homes and use that um, property tax write-off is is another way to build wealth. Is a is a single family buying a home that is a nice write-off against your income. Why? Because you're paying property tax. You shouldn't have to pay the income tax, right? Because that income is going towards other taxes already. Right. So that's why you get the property tax write-off. You don't get that in in a rental. Right. If I'm renting, I'm basically paying someone else's taxes. Yeah. Right. No one goes, hey, you only have to pay my mortgage. It's called a pity payment. It's your principal interest taxes and an insurance. And so you're paying all four for someone. So their mortgage might be, we'll say, a thousand. Their uh, taxes might be 300. The interest is like another hundred. And then the insurance is a hundred, whatever. So their whole pity payment is fifteen hundred? You're paying that plus some for for the property. You're probably going to pay like we'll say seventeen hundred to two thousand for your rent. So that way they're making money as an income, but they also get to use that tax as a write off against their own income or the income of that property. You just paid their taxes, so that's where the accumulation of wealth right. comes. Is they get that write off? Not only are they making money, but they're also in their building equity. They're getting that tax write off. You don't get to use that and say, hey, well, I paid this much in property taxes this year. No, no, no. They did. You were just paying your rent. You weren't paying property taxes. What they charge you for rent is up to them, and that's what you agree upon. But you're generally paying that property taxes that they get to write off against their income. You don't. And that's why home ownership, that's kind of the piece that's lost in it all, is the tax break that you get in home ownership is that tax write-off against your income because yeah. you, you don't have to pay uh, tax twice. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. <sighs> Fuck taxes. Am I right, Brian? I love taxes. <laughs> I know you I do. love taxes. I think I, I hate paying them, but I, I think they're so beneficial. But I do agree. Like, you shouldn't pay double the taxes, but no. when you're renting, you pretty much are. You're paying your income tax and the property tax without even knowing it and not receiving the benefits. Yeah. So next time someone says, hey, if you want to build wealth, just rent. Put all your money in a mutual fund. That's not necessarily the case. If there's some good stock years, yeah, absolutely. And then you still want to extract that and go buy real estate. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, these Democrats like Ro Khanna and Katie Porter, Katie Porter, who just announced her, her Senate run, um, Ro Khanna and Katie Porter of California, who did the the uh, the legislation piece in the House of Representatives that Kevin talked about, or is it Ed Merkley? Hold on. Where did I put that? Here we go. Jeff Merkley of Oregon uh, in the Senate had introduced this, and I think it was backed by both uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders as well. Um banning hedge fund ownership of residential housing beyond 100 homes. I think both pieces of legislation would be very, very beneficial um, to 
tie those babies up together with a nice little bow. <laughs> Send them to the Senate. I think it would be really beneficial to the average American citizen. Yeah. Well, let us know what you, th- you guys thought about this one. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah, time flew. Shoot, man. Yeah. It's another 45 minutes gone. Two episodes, one night, baby. <sighs> hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the previous one, uh, one of our listeners, Jeremy, recommended uh, talking about Turkey and, and some of their leadership. And then I hope you enjoyed a little bit about this. And if you're looking to buy a home, it's a great way to build wealth. I know it's difficult now, but you'll thank us later. Do good, be great. Love you guys. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules, can't stay on beat. Making moves, running through the streets. A to Z, follow my lead. Saint Sats Quo, this is rock and roll. This is Skydive Yellow Now Ronimo. This is Bye Bye Tata Audio. This is all or none. This is all I know. This that I don't know. We try and go. I don't even know. I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends try and hit the road. Try and catch a wave. Gotta free my soul. Thought I was gone, but I'm back. Wild ones on the attack. my moves, added it in there you, they ain't heard the good news, well this what you gotta do, just break out.